Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He, he scores! scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Here's Durant moving on Tucker. He turns. He shoots. Yes! Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association. This is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. Welcome into this week's episode of Pick and Pod, a Thursday night edition. I'm Miles Grossman alongside Owen Kelty and Ralph Barbieri. Guys, this week the NBA has looked like a bit of a reality show. We got Draymond Green indefinitely suspended. The guy has already paid $800,000 in fines this year and most recently took down Yusuf Nurkic. We'll get into that a little bit later. Also, a couple NBA vets signed deals this week. Locally, Taj Gibson. He's a New York Nick. We'll break that down, what that means for those Knickerbockers. And then where we'll begin is last night's Indiana-Milwaukee game. Bucks win 140-126, to 126, awfully high scoring. Big part of the high-scoring affair was Giannis's 64 points. And then after the game, some beef, Giannis charged into the tunnel. Some video got released. Indiana didn't really want to give up the game ball. I feel like there are a lot of different angles to this one, so that's where we'll start. Owen, did you see what happened last night? And, I mean, where do you want to start? There's so many ways. I mean, there's so much going on overall. It's just so much chaos going on. I mean, you kind of just have to start from the point of Giannis scoring 64 points in a game, which last year we had two 70-point games. But I feel like once you get to that that 50-point, over 50-point mark is when you really start looking at these games as incredible because 40, 40 points nowadays is, is not as impressive as it used to be. But Giannis scoring 64 points with, with no threes, I think is, is one of the most Giannis stat lines ever. Because it's like you, some people have always called this guy a, a bagless player. And then for him to then score 64 points in a, without any threes is really impressive in the modern era. And then, like you said, afterwards, the whole who's bought, where'd the game ball go? Giannis is sprinting up and down like he's Isaiah Stewart running into the locker rooms, chasing after everyone. Just so much went on last night. But I think people are now kind of forgetting about the whole Giannis scoring 64 points. I. I hate the Giannis's bagless um, take just because I feel like that's that's his bag, um, and we and we saw and we saw in that game, uh, you know he 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 did take what just just over thirty free throws, but um, that only accounted for I think like 20, 20, 24 of his points. I think he he, he had forty. He, he was twenty for what twenty eight something like that uh from the field so i mean it's just extremely impressive um but yeah there's one thing you're gonna get from the nba besides besides actual sports it's it's drama um and and yeah just seeing seeing that 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 footage of him running down the tunnel man that was something yeah i mean Giannis is a funny player i feel like he's known to be this nice guy so i think that's why it's kind of funny to see him in this role because You know, he's got the dad jokes and all that, and he's got a good smile, and he's seen as a sweetheart, and then he's charging the guys. And I I don't know if we watched the whole game, but there were a couple moments he lowered his shoulder into Tyrese Halliburton. He seemed like he was was pissed off all all night for some reason, and 
I, I, I got to give him credit. 64 is 64. And, and you don't want to discredit him about the free throws because that's a skill in itself. I mean, not only getting to the free throw line, capitalizing by making the free throws, stopping the clock every time you do so. I mean, that's a that's an impressive part of his game hmm. in itself. But the part I really want to get into is the the ball after the game, the game ball debacle, if you will. Um, Oscar Shibway of the Indiana Pacers scored his first ever bucket, his first ever non-free throw. That's also part of the controversy because he had a free throw in a couple other games, but he got his first made basket. And in a lot of the times the routine is on your first made basket, you might frame the ball. Everyone might sign the ball on your team. You take it home, you frame it, yada, yada, yada. So the Indiana Pacers argument was in a way, you know, or the fans argument, I don't even know if the Indiana Pacers said this themselves, but you know, Oscar Sheeboy should go home with that. Who cares about Giannis's 64? This guy got his first bucket. Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, um, is is one of those people who was very public saying that Sheeboy should go home with the basketball. I kind of agree that Sheeboy has the right to the basketball. 64 is 64, but it's kind of an arbitrary number. I don't know if it'll ever be his his highest point. Giannis is that is, but there's only going to be one first bucket for Shibway. Oh, and I, I don't know what you think, but in my mind, the, the Pacers have a case here. They definitely have a case. What makes it so interesting, though, is like in the in-season tournament game against the Bucks, like last week, he did score. He scored a point on a free throw, but those stats don't count towards your like your personal stats or your season stats. So that's where the conversation goes from the Buck side. It's like, well, he scored before, so I should have just given him that ball, which I think is a really interesting topic. But I think Giannis should have gotten it. I mean, 64 points is super impressive. It was his career high, and it was the franchise record. But going back to it, after the game, a Buck security employee got the ball after the game. So it's kind of like, where did it go after that? And what made Giannis so mad? So I've, I've seen a bunch of videos, seen a bunch of different angles. And I still have no idea where the ball ended up going, where the Pacers, where he thought the Pacers even had it, because the Buck security guard grabbed the ball and then you see him walk away. I mean, we got to interview this guy next. I mean, you saw the, <laughs> the Pacers coach was saying he thought kind of the whole thing was overblown. I think Giannis was also overreacting. And from a guy like him, you weren't really expecting this. It's kind of what the way Patrick Mahomes was complaining last week. I wasn't really expecting that from a guy like Patrick Mahomes. And Giannis is the last guy I think I'd be seeing freak out over over a game ball especially a guy that has uh, two mvps nba finals nba finals mvp like 64 points is good and all but like the reaction to have that reaction over a game ball i think was a, a little extra to be you know sprinting into the, the tunnel trying to fight people screaming at everyone i think it was just all like a little unnecessary it goes back i think like you said earlier in the game Giannis was lowering his shoulder there was a a bit of a play where they kind of had a dirty foul and I'm not I don't know if it was dirty I think it was just going down but who knows if that kind of built up to all of it and he was kind of trying to make a point by taking the ball and he thought they kind of took it from him just to because you know the Pacers eliminated them in the in-season tournament so seems a lot of petties going on oh and that's a great point uh you brought up you'd almost expect Giannis to like take the high road in that situation I, I didn't I really didn't even consider that until until just now that's true I don't know I've gone back and forth on this a lot. Um, and I think, I mean, the Pacers definitely have a case. Uh, I, I do agree with that. Um, I, my question is like, what's the protocol if like multiple rookies 
score their first points in the same game. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. That's not to say uh, Giannis definitely deserved it, um, or not. I'm, I'm just, I'm just really thinking out loud there. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really torn about it, honestly. Yeah, I think it's it, a good point. It's all kind of funny. I don't know what the rule is, how many balls are, like, switched in throughout the game. Giannis was given a ball, and he was quoted saying, this doesn't feel like the game ball. Um, I think, you know, it is kind of funny. I don't know what the what the official ruling is. I do think that at certain points there's a game ball selected prior to tip, and then that might be the singular ball unless there's some necessary – issue or some something happens where there's you know a very necessary switch but i think um you know it is funny to see Giannis in this mood lowering the shoulder pissed off afterwards his his brother having to be held back i think um you know Giannis and and it's obvious that he doesn't like the pacers and that's kind of fun that you know people wanted those division rivalries those you know, kind of regional rivalries. And I think the in-season tournament has helped breed that in this case, because these two really don't seem to like each other. But, you know, I think there's a lot of confusion in general. I'm kind of surprised that the ball ever went into the Indiana locker room, given that the game was in Milwaukee. If the Bucks security guard secured it, right, Owen? I mean, it's just kind of surprising. You know, you'd think this controversy could only happen if it was in Indiana. But we're going to transition a little bit. The, the final score, of course, was 141-26. Bucks get the win. Giannis drops 64. And the young Halliburton, he's only 23, but he kind of took the took the L in that sense. But we'll we'll transition a little bit over to a couple new signings. I mean, it wasn't the only one, but Taj Gibson is now a New York Nick, a midseason signing. He's 38 years old. He's been Tom Thibodeau's guy with Mitchell Robinson having ankle surgery. He's set to be out for about three months at the minimum. So they got this low post player in the veteran Taj Gibson. Owen, I'll start with you. Do you like the signing of a 38-year-old guy in Taj Gibson? I think he does a lot for this team. Not on the court, obviously. He's not hasn't been the old Taj Gibson, but he's going to be a great leader in that locker room, a great vet. I mean, he was here for, I think, three seasons before. he Last season was his first year not on the team for a while, but he'll always find his way back to Tom Thibodeau. It felt the moment that Mitchell Robinson got hurt that it was inevitable Taj Gibson was going to be back. We saw the Evan Fournier tweet saying Taj is inevitable with the Thanos meme. I mean, this guy will always make his way back to Tibbs. I think – I don't think he'll play much, especially with Hartenstein and Sims playing. I don't think he should get minutes over Sims. But he's a good third-string center that you're going to have that if one of those guys get hurt. And he'll, he'll just be good for this team in general, for a Knicks team that's not playing the best that they should be or playing to the level that they could be. I think he's going to be a good signing to keeping that team on track, especially with guys like Julius Randle. And just like overall, it felt like this year the energy hasn't been there for the Knicks. And maybe bringing in a vet who's had a lot of success in the NBA will really help this team kind of get back on track, especially him being a Tibbs guy. But that first Taj Gibson corner three, when somehow he gets minutes, is going to be a great feeling seeing that again. Yeah, I agree. You're getting that veteran leadership, a uh, guy in those Tibbs. And I, I would I would challenge anyone to find a Nick fan that doesn't appreciate Taj Gibson, Gibson to, to some extent. Uh, I know a lot of the guys on the team already have a have a good relationship with him, so you know I, I'm in favor of it. 
Yeah, Taj Gibson, he's averaged 8.7, I think, for his career. He's dwindled over the last couple of years down to 3.4 his last playing year, 4.4 the year before that. You can tell he's he's aging and just kind of his usage has dwindled, if not his, his ability. It'll be fun to see what role they use him in. You know, he is kind of that player coach, you might say, where he, he's on the bench. You, you see it with the Miami Heat and, and, and has limited situations like that where, you know, maybe his, his role is not to, to, to put up numbers, but his role was to, to mentor a lot of the young guys. I think we you see it with New York. There's a lot of budding borderline NBA stars. There's so much talent, so much kind of underdeveloped talent. It'll be fun to see how you know, Taj Gibson mentors those guys and and plays his own role. Um, Owen, do you see that, you know, Taj Gibson is in the rotation to, to start his tenure? Uh, no, I don't think he'll get any rotational minutes unless we see some injuries. I think this is more of a, a depth signing that's going to be there to kind of help these guys grow. I mean, he was there when the, Derek Rose was starting his career, young Derek Rose, and you have guys like Quentin Grimes who have struggled to start the season and having a guy who's been around the NBA for so long, this is really going to help those guys who are struggling kind of keep that, that level headed mindset because Taj Gibson's seen a lot in his NBA career. He's seen young players struggle. And I think he's really going to help every young player on this roster develop into who they can be. But in terms of getting rotational minutes, I don't see, I mean, you never know what Tibbs, he loves his guys and, we could see Taj Gibson getting 40 minutes because Tibbs just loves doing that. But I don't see him really playing much to start unless we see an injury from Hartenstein or Sims. Even then, this team is, is lacking size. So that's why I was kind of thought it was strange that they went for Taj Gibson more than maybe another free agent center that was taller. Taj Gibson is more of a, a power forward type player. But in terms of what he brings as, as a vet, I really like that. I mean, you look at what the Pacers, they just brought in James Johnson just for that that idea of kind of being a backbone on a team and kind of supporting a young roster. And the Knicks team didn't really have that vet older player that could be that supportive player for a really young team. And I think that's what they needed. So that's why this Taj Gibson move was made. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't see him uh fitting either as far as playing goes. Um it's true, you know. He's a Thibs guy, but even Derek Rose wasn't playing that much before before he left. Um, it, it's like you say, Owen, you, you hit the nail on the head. It, it's the it's the experience you're getting with him. Um, Miles, like you said, it's that player coach aspect. Uh, all things that are really valuable um, that I feel like the Knicks may be lacking in in um, as of late. So so we'll see. Maybe he can mentor uh, Sims up a little bit. You know, it could be exciting. Yeah, and I like what you said about uh, James Johnson, Owen, because that's a that's an interesting case to me. I felt like, you know, especially coming off this Giannis situation, the loss to the Bucks, it felt like the last couple of weeks, this is a really talented young pace team that could use that veteran in James Johnson. So I'm excited to see that addition. But we're going to transition one more time. Draymond Green has now been indefinitely suspended from the NBA, this this third ejection this month is that I have that written down as this month. I can't even believe that's true. It's not the season. It's his third ejection this month. I gotta trust what I wrote down. 
he might miss a, a few weeks. I don't think that it'll be more than that. It's funny the way the NBA is handling it. He's given up, as we said, $800,000 in fines this year. Um, it's funny to see Draymond Green in this position. He's always been known as the kind of, you know, physical type. And his one of his most famous plays is, of course, uh, the crotch kick and that, you know, got him suspended. It, it, his career is one that's, you know, one of the most interesting in terms of suspensions that the NBA has seen in quite a while. Owen, do you like the indefinite suspension? I mean, I was kind of surprised by the whole indefinite thing. I mean, you saw they gave Ja an indefinite suspension last year and at towards the end of the year and start this year. And his situation was, I'd say much worse than Draymond's, but I think they're kind of just tired of Draymond's act. This has been going on for, I mean, I'd say at least seven, eight years. It's just, I think the NBA was more willing to put up with it then because he was a really good player. And now his kind of reputation has gone from this really hard-nosed, tough player that's going to play hard to more of just the the actions that he's doing and known for. I mean, punching Jordan Poole in the face, punching Nurkic in the face, and then the whole um what was he what was he suspended for earlier in the year again it was um i can't remember the exact thing that he did but this is the second suspension this season the first one was five games so i think this whole thing has just been building up from him in front of the nba in general i mean in 2016 he was suspended in the finals missed multiple games for getting so many technical fouls this has just been who he is throughout his whole career i mean you can go on twitter and find a two two and a half minute highlight reel of Draymond green non-basketball plays my personal favorite was when he just sprinted down the court and tackled someone. But it's kind of what at this point in his career he's become known for. And it's kind of it's bad for the NBA brand in general. And I think that's why they went the direction of a indefinite suspension. I think we're going to be looking maybe around 20 games, which for what he's done, I think is a lot. They were talking about how he has to go to different treatments and he has to be improved through the NBA and then approved through the team. So I do think indefinite was a bit much i was expecting you know 10 games but it seems like they really want to lay down the law on this one i i agree with it being indefinite um i'm with the league on that one because i i just feel like it's enough enough is enough now like how, how long would it continue otherwise i don't know maybe it's recency bias but has, has have there ever been this many draymond incidents in this rabbit of a succession like it, like it feels like it's it's so many now um, Miles, you said what three in the last month, something like that. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's his third ejection in the last month. Uh huh. Yeah, I, 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 it just, it, it just kind of aggravates me because it felt like for a little while, um, you know, Draymond had, you know, he, he got, he got a little bit older. He, he started doing his own podcast. Um, and I I would watch that show and I'd be like, man, Draymond's really come a long way. It really seems like he's matured. And, and like I I just I feel bad because I'm I'm taking it all back now. It's like Draymond always I feel like he he always has something to say about other players. But it's like, man, look in the mirror. I I I just you know I I think they made, I think they did the right thing. You got to nip in the bud now. It's 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 too much. It's too much. It's crazy. Yeah, and you touched on an interesting point. He's old he's grown up he's done this for quite a long time he's 33 now any sort of like 
immaturity or stuff like that. It's like this guy's a father. This guy's a husband. What? There's no excuse exactly. for immaturity. Exactly. It's not helping the team. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of funny to see it. Um, pardon me, got the hiccups. But it, it, it's kind of funny to see at this age, you know, because it's not the first player to deal with kind of continued suspensions, but it's probably the first 33-year-old to deal with continued suspension. And, you know, I think it speaks to an interesting point in the Warriors dynasty. Well, not only is it over, pardon me, but they might we might see, you know, Draymond and Clay and the core of this Warriors unit gets split up sooner rather than later on. Yeah, and like you said with Clay Thompson, it seems like like him and Draymond in general have as the more they've won, the less they've been into basketball. They, they talked about Ralph Draymond going into podcasting. He was doing the TNT stuff the year that the Warriors didn't make the playoffs. It seems like he cares less about basketball and more towards maybe a career in media or just in general not caring about basketball, but this whole the the three of them in Golden State does feel like that time is coming to an end with Draymond being suspended and not the player he used to be. Clay Thompson obviously not the same player, nowhere near the player he used to be after I think it was twenty CL torn Achilles, both of those injuries. And since he's come back, he's had good games here and there, but we really haven't seen it from them. I could definitely see Clay and Draymond leaving. I don't know if I'd ever see the Warriors and Steph going their separate ways just because he's been that franchise player for so long. But I think it's starting to for the Warriors to look in the mirror and look where they at are in the West. I mean, they're nowhere near the Nuggets. And even the teams in the East, the Bucks, the Celtics, are teams that are going to have continued success. I mean, where where do the Warriors lie and where does this dynasty lie? I mean, I think it's almost going to be soon to be time to look at a lot of the young players they have on that roster, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. They had those really high draft picks in the years that Steph and Clay both missed, and they really haven't hit on them. You know, James Wiseman ended up being traded away, and then you look at Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, two high lottery picks that just have never gotten their chance to play just because Kaminga hasn't played because he's been stuck behind Draymond. And now with this Draymond suspension, it seems that they're going to be starting Kaminga, and I don't see how if Kaminga plays well, you can even go back to Draymond, and I think you have to look to get rid of him. And the same thing with Moses Moody. He's played had had shown things throughout his career and then he's blocked by Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson aging star who I think other teams would be out there and be willing to trade for him. I don't know how much they would be willing to take on, but I mean a team like the Pistons, I mean they could use anything at this point. I think they would take on a Clay Thompson contract. Yeah, definitely Owen and I think it, it is a funny point um for Clay Thompson in particular, I think because He's a really talented player. He's never been the same since that knee injury. He's very candid about that. He's very frustrated with the fact that, you know, he hasn't been himself since the knee injury. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, even at the end of this contract cycle for Steph Curry, if Steph Curry is now in the mindset of, I want to be the veteran standout somewhere else that's more of a contender. Um, but yeah, that will do it for this episode of Pick and Pod. We've talked Draymond and the Warriors. We've gotten into a lot of other topical stuff, including Giannis and the beef last night with Indiana. But that will do it for Miles Grossman, Owen Kelty, and Ralph Barberi. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, this production of WFUV Sports.